Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Rethink with Revitalist, uh, our podcast here where we talk about, you know, things going on with Revitalist, but also our community partners, um, you know, different things just kind of going on out there uh, in the ether. And today we have on the show uh, Greg Bicknell um, to talk about uh, a lot of different things. Greg, do you want to <laughs> go ahead and uh, and give people a little bit of an intro uh, to who you are and, and kind of where, yes. where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Greg Bicknell, you know, and I, I, I'm a 29 year retired military guy. I was medically retired at 29 years. And uh, I know that Revitalist is there headquartered in Knoxville. Uh, and I'm up the road just a little bit. I grew up in Richmond, Kentucky, which is not more than a couple hours away. So so I know the area very well. Uh, you know, Knoxville, the thing for me, I, I hate to say this on the air, but, you know, sometimes going through there to get to Gatlinburg where we would go for vacations because it was close by. <laughs> and awesome. we, would, we would crawl through. I'm like, man, is this, is this place ever not under construction? Like, when am I going to come through here? Oh, I think gosh. I finally hit it. I think I finally hit it. Maybe I drove in a direction one time and, and Knoxville wasn't under construction. I'm like, man, I, man, this is amazing. Maybe it just took me to leave Kentucky for 29 years and come back and get to see it. But, but no, I'm from there. I went in the military. Then I got out. I retired back in 2019, uh, medically retired. I had a brain surgery during that time frame. Uh, that, uh, it didn't go so well. So it was about a year later after I retired in 2019 and 2018 is when I had that surgery. And so they medically retired me cause I couldn't deploy anymore. Of course I was at 29 years anyway. I was wanting to stay into the, you know, the max time 30. Uh, and then when mm -hmm. I retired, I worked for a company called, uh, Drock International. They recruited me and I'm, that's when I moved where I'm currently at, which is in Lakeland, Florida. And so I moved down early, uh, into a friend's house, stayed with him, you know, Lord bless him for that. Him and his wife, they're saints for even <laughs> let me thinking about letting me come in. And I did that because my wife and kids, uh, I got two girls, uh, and then they were still back in Abilene, Texas, where I'd retired from. And so after about three mm -hmm. months and they hit the midterm of the schools, they moved out here as well. And so oh, we've been okay. here collectively together since December and then Drocken International, I, I worked for them. They kind of, you know, it's cool now with Top Gun Maverick and, and that kind of stuff out. You know, what we were doing, what I did at Drocken is we really did the uh, combat air support, you know, uh, to where we had our pilots and the pilots flew against the folks out, uh, you know, on the ranges out in uh, Vegas and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So we were the Red Air Aggressor Squadron type stuff. So that, that was kind of neat, kind of a cool job. And they took great care yeah. of me. Yeah, they took uh, they took great care of me. You know, I always have to give them props uh, because when I got out, honestly, because of the medical stuff, I didn't truly know what I could do. But I went into a job that was very similar to what I had been doing. And I think we both benefited from it. But then it was time to move on. And uh, so then when I did that, I, I now run a coffee company, Camaraderie Coffee uh, Club, which is where Revilus and I have kind of come along. And then uh, the exchange is part of that, too, where we network folks together. And then Camaraderie Rescue Mission, that's our nonprofit. And that's really where my heart and passion's at. And uh, I think I, I initially kind of came into the Revitalist Network, maybe after an interview or something, but, but uh, Catherine Pluva, uh, she saw me or reached out to me, and we started chatting, and from there it kind of ballooned, and hey, you got to meet our friend Katie. So that brought us here today. So I, I, Oh, I think cool, cool, cool. There's, there's a lot more in there, uh, but I think yeah. that's, that's kind of how I could, and I kept trying to think of that, you know, today, like... <laughs> Like when, when did I actually come in there? And how I, did I, I get I to know these like, people? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, how did I get suckered in? No, I'm just playing. This has been amazing. This is such a great. <laughs> well, you got suckered into I, this I, podcast right yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, 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 you did, yeah, you did a, you did a good job, Ryan. Suckered me right in. Matter of fact, <laughs> I, we had, we had to have the double tape because last time due to my technology in, in a, inabilities, uh, I couldn't figure out Wi-Fi at my aunt's place down in. Uh, oh, Wilmington. goodness. Uh, Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. Here, I remember we were, we were trying to figure that out. Yeah. But yeah, this but, is know, uh, you know, 
using the Riverside FM, you know, this this app that we have here, um, the cool thing about it is, you know, we're uploading it both from our own end. So even when it looks kind of scary, like it's about to go down, it's all good. You know, like that. that's my favorite yeah. thing about using this. But yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, I, you know, I got there and I was texting my aunt going, hey, where's that shoes? It's in this flip. It's in one of the flip book. It's their it's their winter home, we'll call it. It was in their flip. So I'm mm-hmm. there. I'm like, there is no flip book. She's like, well, check here. And I'm like, and so then I felt like I was ransacking the place. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody's going to come by, peek in here and, and I'm going to get arrested. This is going to go <laughs> south. Tearing really up the house. And, and, oh, and my aunt, you know, they'll have such a good time with it. I'll never hear the end of it. So the whole family, I can just see what the next reunion is going to look like. There's going to be like, hey, jailbird. <laughs> so I just knew, you know, they're, they're very fun. They were willing to let me have it really on short notice. But but yeah, that's uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we're here now. And this sound so far, it seems like it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what we want to do here. You know, we want to use this as an opportunity to kind of give a glimpse of what's happening behind the scenes, you know, what, yeah, what we're trying to do and, and be a part of. Um, Greg, what you were talking about, the, the coffee company, you know, that's that's where I actually first heard of you, you know, from uh, Katie and from what they were what they were trying to do, you know, is, is raising some funds for that unit initiative. Um, that Revitalist right. is working on. Um, but how did you get into to that side of it? How did you find, you know, are you a big coffee drinker? Is it something that uh, interested you for a while? <laughs> so I, I heard somebody say one time, I think it was on a podcast. I was getting interviewed by Richard Kaufman. He said, you know, when veterans retire, they go one of three ways. They either do liquor, coffee, or T-shirts. That's one of the three things they do. So I think I've tried. <laughs> I didn't do the liquor except maybe, you know, every now and then have too much of it. But the coffee and the T-shirts <laughs> I've tried. But, you know, but on, a, but on a serious note, what it was is when I started doing the nonprofit, I needed a way uh, – to pay, I was looking for a way to pay my travel and I was looking for a way mm-hmm. to pay my motel, you know, and, uh, and travel expenses. Cause obviously I didn't want to take anything away from what we were doing with the veterans. And that's kind of how that came to be. Cause I love coffee. I met a guy in Richmond, Kentucky, where I'm from. And he said, Hey man, I got this place. You got to come and try the coffee. We were going to do some co-branding. Uh, and then I met the ladies that are, that are at the roastery and, and we hit it off. And, uh, from there it's history, you know? And so now, I've got another. The unit initiative actually is coming out of uh, Texas. It's uh, uh, they're doing the roast out there. It's a veteran-owned company. Uh, the guy that actually even puts the labels on the unit initiative coffee, he is also a veteran with his own business. Uh, oh, that's and it just, awesome! And so it's it's all part of that, you know. And so it was great coffee. I had him send me some. I said, "Man, I need some samples." And so this guy sent me a box. Uh, it's called Third Day Coffee out of Seguin, Texas, and he sent me this box of samples right before I was having an equine mm-hmm. retreat, a week-long retreat, the first part of May. And so I took them in there and I would, I ground them up and, you know, we had our morning coffee and stuff. And I was like, I got to figure out which one of these I really want. And I couldn't fit. I'm like, <laughs> they're all great, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I finally settled on one of his roasts. It's, it, it's a special roast that he does. And, and I wish off the top of my head, I could just throw it out there. Uh, but it's, it was great. And I'm like, man, that is mm-hmm. the ticket. And so then when I started talking to Katie, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm wanting to help in any way I can. I've got some coffee. Let's just co-brand or, or let's just do a special unit initiative coffee. And then what we did is we put the logo on the front and the back, kind of tell the story of, of what it's for. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going from there. So, uh, you know, it's selling and we want to sell a whole heck of a lot more. I think uh, we're going to be at the uh, uh, the uh, conference that's going to be held there at the end of November, uh, mid mm-hmm. to end of November. Our coffee's going to be there. But, yeah, if people buy that oh, up, awesome. I'll tell you what. what what happens? I'll tell you, this was something that was kind of on my heart and that coffee that's specific. And I sell a couple different versions, Brother Bourbon and some of that kind of stuff. But the unit blend, what I told Katie is, you know, for that particular one, I'm all in because I love what Revitalist is doing. I love the fact that, you know, the way they're teaming up and we're really trying to become a collective unit going forward. 
and I called her one day and I was actually at Easter Seals down in Sarasota. I work with them on Fridays and, and, uh, you know, we'll do some equine, uh, interaction type stuff. And it's, it, it's just awesome. And I called her from down there because I said, you know, what, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you half the proceeds, uh, that go, you know, toward the revivalists so that we can get veterans in there. And I said, I think what I'm going to do with the others, I want to invest in you fully. I'm just going to take the other half and I'm going to buy some stock in the company so that everything, 100% of what we sell with the unit blend, oh, wow. that particular 100% are going to go toward revivals. That's how much I'm into this. That's this cool. Is how much I didn't, I, yeah, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. That probably it, it's, it's kind of like breaking news. And I said, you know, there are a couple other blends, but the one that's actually the unit blend, 100% of the proceeds from that either goes toward directly toward the Community Change Foundation. My dog's trying to break into my office right now. So, <laughs> no worries. Uh, so you can hear I have something. a five-month-old downstairs and a, a dog outside the door as well. So if yeah. you start hearing a baby screaming or anything, I, I apologize yeah. out there. But well, uh, I've got, yeah, <laughs> I've, got my, I've got my grandson. He's here. He's uh, he's just a little over, maybe right about a week old. And uh, oh and my I've goodness, my, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. It's my first one, and man, it's so much fun. Being a grandfather is so much. It's it's, it's not. I almost said so much more fun. I'd be in trouble for that, right? <laughs> it's but, a, well, but, it's nice know, when you can it's, give them it's, back. It's, you know, that's what I've heard. Yeah different because i said to somebody the other day i said uh you know it's kind of like when you're when you have your own kids you're in the movie you're making the movie but then when you're mm-hmm. outside it's kind of like you get to watch the movie and you get to step in and say hey can i help and and so you see you know like i see my daughter you know she's feeding every two hours or whatever I, we're able to step in and say let me give you a little break or let me take the right. baby let me do this kind of stuff so it, it's it's kind of a different feeling but man it, it's it's incredible but you know, but yeah, back my, my, my parents actually moved back, you know, they moved back to uh, where I am in Jacksonville to be a part of that, you know, just to be, okay. and they, they've said the same kind of thing, you know, they've just been like, it's been awesome. Cause anytime, you know, we <laughs> want to come by and give you a break, I'm happy for it. You know, I'm like, glad yeah, yeah here you go. But um, at the same time, you know, it's, it's nice to have them here. It's always great to have that extra support. And that's kind of what, you know, that's what this whole podcast is going to be about today, you know, know about support, know, yeah. right. You know, we can, we could circle this thing back all day. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, with that, with what you were talking about though, with the coffee and the equine therapy, that's something that's really interested me because I've heard a lot of, you know, doing these retreats with horses and kind of learning, you know, about, um, not only how to take care of them, but then ride and how that can be incorporated therapeutically for veterans right. can you tell me a little bit more about that that's like super interesting to me yeah you know it, it it really is and and being from kentucky you know some people might think i know a lot about horses but honestly when this whole thing started <laughs> I, I this is what i knew about horses. i knew which end ate and i knew which end did the other stuff right? <laughs> that was that was kind of my knowledge but what happened i was looking and i said man this it, it i i want to try it for myself and that's the way i've come across a lot mm-hmm. of things is you know i struggle uh with some things uh every now and then. And I said, you know, and if it worked for me, then typically I would say it's probably going to work for the other vets as well. So I, I was down here and I was looking at horse ranches and I came across this one that uh, Nancy Slater's out in Lake Wales. And uh, it, I came across that and I said, man, it's not a vet, but I want to reach out to her. And I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I want to come and see what you do. I go out there and she was amazing right from the very jump. She said, yeah, I'm in, let's do this. And then I got to meet the horses. And what I, what I tell, you know, I told my wife, she said, what'd you think? I said, well, I went up to one of her horses and and it's, they're kind of, we don't, she doesn't ride. We do some natural horsemanship out there to where the, help mm-hmm. the horses connect with the veteran. And when I saw the horse, like it, it, it gave that big old eyeball, you know, it was kind of locked in. I'm looking at this thing. Oh, yeah. And I, I told Nancy, I said, I know what he's thinking. He's thinking this guy should have been out here a long time ago. He needs some work. You know what I mean? So, so it was, it was just this, it really touched my, it just touched me as how much it affected me even being that much around him. 
And mm. and the other thing that I love about horses is, you know, you can't a horse doesn't let you lie. You know, you can't lie to a horse because a horse reflects your own your own emotions. Like if you're in a real grumpy or agitated mood, it will just kind of go do its own thing. But once you relax, the horse comes into you and you really, you know, you get that connection, then it'll follow you wherever you want it to go. And so that's what, it really just blew me away. When we did our very first event over there, I had our, our secretary, he was inside the round pen and doing the thing and, and they were trying to get the horse to come to him. And, and I felt like, I told him I felt like a sports parent, right? I really did. Because as the horse would turn and, and he was doing all these natural horsemanship things, and he kept trying to turn to bring it into him and it just wouldn't come, right? Uh, and finally, when the horse turned and started to come to him, I'd be like, hey, you know, and then finally when it did, I was like, ah, you know, I felt like he'd just scored a goal, <laughs> yeah. right? And, but I was emotional. I mean, I, I like just seeing that happen. I'm like, man, that was just awesome because he had to work for it. Mm-hmm. But then when he came out, um, I just happened to grab my phone. And I and, and when I filmed it, as they say, you know, the kids say, it looked like I filmed this thing with a potato, right? Because it wasn't very good quality. It was just a real quick, let me get this. Because he started mm-hmm. talking, I could see the emotion. So I just like, let me capture this because I want it for him. I wasn't thinking about sharing it or whatever. I just wanted it for him. And what he said was, and this I'll never forget, he said, I was in there for 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes... I got more life lessons and felt like I were, I, it did more for me than what the last five years of counseling has done. And I think for me, that's when I was so, wow. that's, I mean, yeah. and, and it really, and this guy was so emotionally moved and he was just, and it was coming from his heart. He was still in kind of that hyped up state about what had just happened. And that mm-hmm. was just the pure raw emotion. You know what I mean? And so I, when that happened, I said, I'm in. And so from that point forward, like I told Nancy, you're going to have to get rid of me because I'm going to come, you know, camp out here, hang out. And, and so then we, you know, we, we, we fast forward, we fast forward to this past May and we had a week long retreat and 13 veterans went through that same, same deal. Oh, that's and, so and, cool. every, every, and every one of them just love it. You know, what we do more, we do mindfulness meditation. You know, we learn mm-hmm. some different skill sets and how to interact and, and, and just really the biggest part of it though, is connecting, you know, when those folks are there, uh, the guys from Easter Seals even drove up from Sarasota. They had come up and visited us on one of the things, and they came to visit. I talked to them on the phone. And then now I'm going down there, and I'm actually going through their program to help them, and I'm doing some taking notes. Uh, so it's just been really cool. So it's, we're starting this. Uh, I tell people I've got different levels now. So at uh, mm-hmm. down there at uh, Easter Seals, you know, we kind of have these horses that are really easy going and and we learn how to groom and muck the stalls and do all that kind of stuff. And then at Nancy's, we take, step it up a notch and, and they're going and, and we're learning how to get that connection. And then we go to this place called Extreme Horsemanship with Eric Anderson. And, and he has these horses where you, you know, you shoot off the back of the horses and shoot at these little balloons or bow and arrow or a little oh, more advanced. What? Con- That's awesome. Con- concepts. Oh, stuff. I would be and down for that. That'd be so yeah. cool. Well, it's cool. We yeah. haven't had an event out there yet, but I know we're going to do one because he's really excited. He's a retired Marine. And uh, when I saw what he was doing out there, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But I'd probably, you know, like I have a little bit of a balance issue from the surgery uh, that they try mm. to fix the surgery. But I thought about, I'm going to get on there, you know, and I can just see, you know, I'm like, keep the cameras mm. rolling. You never know when the, you know, you never know when the weed wobble is going to fall off the horse. <laughs> makes for good TV I mean? for sure. <laughs> yeah, make, make, make sure you get, make sure you get it in one take. I may not be able to handle a second one. So let's get it right. Mm-hmm. So, but no, mm-hmm. that's, that's my thing on horses. You just, they, you just can't. They won't let you lie to them. And I think when I was going through some of my struggles back, you know, during my career and stuff, that if I'd had a couple more horses around, 
that wouldn't have let me lie to them, you know, I would have been a lot better off. I just, it, it was, it was amazing because I connected with those horses and, and, uh, you know, things, things are, uh, things are always great. I, I used to call it my horse Fridays. I would take Fridays off and just go hang out around the horses and man, it's just a, it's just a charge. I, I just, it, it's, it's amazing. And so I wanted to share yeah. that with folks and that, that's why it's a part of what we do now. Yeah. When you can find that, that thing that, you know, makes you realize that it's, it really is about connecting sometimes with, uh, with the horse, with the animal, sometimes connecting with other people, you know, when, when we do, oops, sorry, I had to fix my, uh, um, when we do our revitalist, um, sorry, my, I'm getting that same feedback in my ears for a minute. I had to take those oh, out. Okay. It's hard to talk when you get a weird, uh, <laughs> get your voice back in your ear over and over. Um, but when we do these things with revitalist, you know, we always try to make sure that any type of therapy that we're providing, you know, the things that we do, ketamine infusion therapy, um, you know, talk therapy, wellness coaching, um, all of those have a purpose, a point, and that they're driven by, you know, good science, good things out there. And that's all I've seen about this equine therapy. You know, that's why it interests me so much is that there's really good, hard science even behind, um, you know, how well it works for people. Um, and those retreats, uh, I, I, time and time again, I hear from veterans how powerful they are. Um, so uh, back back to camaraderie rescue, you know, like and, and how you got this started initially. Where where did you get the name? How did you get going? Um, can you yeah. tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit. My dog's still trying to get in the door here, but so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a moment to kind of tell you my backstory because it's part of where I'm at today. So oh, at, awesome. at 28 at 28 years in. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was struggling. I just come back from Afghanistan. It was 2000, uh, 2016. So, uh, that would have been about four years left in my military career. And I kept trying to get better. And, and I had, I've always, I, I, since about 1995, uh, when I was in Saudi Arabia, 1996, when I was in Korea, I had these balance issues. Right. And I'd, mm -hmm. I'd always went and they had treated symptoms. But when I came back from, from Afghanistan, it, just, it didn't seem like they got worse, but it got to a point where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting about four years out for I'll hit my 30. And I'm thinking, I got to get healed right before I, I got to go and, and do something different. And, but I never want to take the downtime to take care of myself, which is something that I hope to stress that I want to see folks do, uh, whether it's with a revivalist, calling a friend, reaching out to camaraderie, going on a trip, whatever. You got to take care of yourself. And I didn't do that very well, like a lot of us military mm -hmm. folks know. That's why I'm a little beat up. But, you know, uh, so I decided I was going to have the surgery. We went through a lot of pills and different kind of things and nothing truly worked. And then... Uh, I had the brain surgery. It didn't go so well. They decided that they had to do a removal of vascular loop from out around the seventh and eighth cranial nerves. And I went to this point where I was at kind of like the apex of my career, right? I was in the job. I'd always wanted a maintenance group superintendent. You know, I'd just come back from an deployment. That was great. A great team. I actually, my first duty station was Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth, Texas. My last deployment ended up being with the group out of Fort Worth uh, Naval Air Station. Uh, Joint Base Fort Worth, the same Carswell Air Force Base location. So I started my career and ended my career with a deployment with the same people I came in with. And I mm -hmm. got to a point one day where I'm sitting there and, and I just, I can't do much. I can't walk. I'd been crying. And, and there came a point in time to where I just felt like I didn't want to be here because I just thought I was going to be a burden on folks. And and I just didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't, I knew I was getting close to retirement. And, and the surgery had really put me in a bad shape. And so uh, uh, before... I pulled the trigger that day. I, I, uh, I reached out and, and I couldn't see, right? So I, luckily I paid attention in the 10th grade and I could type, right? So I typed this person that I had worked with 
uh, social worker and I typed to him and I said, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm shutting my eyes now because I'm kind of in that moment. But I typed and said, hey, uh, I saw you have a badge. It's very similar to mine. I really I've never asked for help in 28 years. I really need some help. Uh, I need to reach out. And when I did that, I, the response I got back was make an appointment, not how can I help you? Mm. And uh, that still makes me mad. And then because of how good of a administrative wizard they were and maybe not so caring or in that moment, they sent me even the note that said uh, why I shouldn't have contacted them that way. I should have contacted them through some secure messaging. I'm sure you're you know, maybe familiar with that with revivalists. But, yeah, but that was the only yeah. way I knew. How, that's the only way I knew how to do it. And they were just trying to follow protocol. And so it really made me mad. Right. Well, fast forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward in the story. And so ultimately on that day, I tell people that Chief Bicknell got really, really ticked off. Chief Master Sergeant Bicknell got ticked off and saved Red Bicknell's life because when that came back to me, I got so mad that I forgot about the bad day I was having and thinking, if that's happening to me, who else is it happening to? Right? Like, who else? Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I reached out and I had the ability to walk in, you know, the doors that I needed to to make it happen. And so fast forward after Christmas, and I'd moved to Florida by then. I'd already retired, medically retired. I'm down here. And, and my wife had moved down. And in Christmas of 2020, it would have been, uh, I, uh, I'm sitting there and the day after Christmas, I look up and, and I'm on Facebook and, and there's seven badges that have, you know, the black stripe across that indicated that somebody had, had died. Mm -hmm. And, and I looked at them and then I figured out what it was. And one of them was natural and the other, and I don't mean to take it this direction, but it's kind of part of the story. Right. And, and, and six of them had committed suicide. And I found that out. And when I, when I kind of looked and saw what it was going on, because I had messages from friends, because I knew all of them. And, and I looked over at my wife and I said, I'm done. I said, I'm not, I, I know where I need to be right now. And so when I went back to work on that in January, I went back and told my boss, I said, Hey, look, I, I want you to understand. I filed for a nonprofit, you know, to submitted that. And I submitted this uh, for an LLC, which was a coffee company in exchange. And I want you to know that I want you to find out. I want to be very upfront. I don't know, you know, maybe this is going to be something I can do part time or whatever, but this is where my heart's at. And he knew that he knew that I that's what I want to do. Before I retired, I was going to go back to school at Hardin Simmons to get my uh, master's in uh, clinical social work. So they, he knew or clinical psychology. So he knew where kind of my heart was at. And so fast forward from there, I resigned from Brock in a year and a half or about three months later on March. And I show people, God, do I have it? So here right here. This uh, this is one of our coffee bags, right? But if you see this this up here, this is the guys that we have. That's five people, and that's actually from a picture that I took when I was at Warriors Ascent out in Kansas City. And I took that picture on a Friday. That Monday morning, I walked into my boss at Drock International and said, "Hey, I'm resigning. Uh, I've realized that I think I know where where I'm needed. Uh, I, I love what I'm doing here. You guys have taken exceptionally good care of me." Uh, but I need to be out there in the field and working with people because I think that's what I'm being called to do. I think that's what God's calling me to do. And I think that's where I have to go. And so I did that. I resigned. I gave my two weeks notice. And after that, this is what I've been doing ever since. So March 19th was my last official day uh, there at Drocken. And uh, again, I'm still friends with the guy that I told him. I, he called me yesterday or, or what is it? Today's on Sunday to wish me, you know, the, the grandbaby. He hadn't talked to that's, me. His wife that's doesn't. so awesome. And his wife does some merchandising stuff for us. So it was a very, you know, I was very open and upfront with them on what was going on. But they know where my heart's at, you know. Uh, and uh, I just, that's what brought me to here. You know, I had to go through a tough mm -hmm. time and had to kind of go through the lull. But I think out of that whole story, and I know it was long, but what I would want folks to understand is, you know, the reason I was in that situation is I never reached out for help. 
you know, that was really the first time. And then when I did reach out, I, I was, I was met with, you know, the stiff arm, you know, Hey, and, mm-hmm. and had I been someone else that didn't have the access to leadership like I did, or wasn't in the leadership position I was in, that could have ended very poorly. And so to wrap it all up here, I went back and had a conversation with that young man. They, they had asked me to come over after I'd retired to do a speaking engagement there for him. And I came in and I had the conversation. I got an opportunity to let them know that when you're a medical professional and you have that badge on and somebody reaches out to you, and I know, man, those guys, I applaud the effort because they're working, especially in that field. And it was just a struggle for me. And I, you know, when someone reaches out to you, that has to be the most important thing in your life at that moment. And the way that you answer the phone, if you're having a bad day, even for me in the position I'm in now with Camaraderie Rescue Mission, when somebody reaches out to me, if I don't have the right kind of attitude that day, I could totally, their life could be changed because of that, or maybe they wouldn't even be here. And so on the bad days now, the one thing that, you know, with kind of some of the stuff that I go through, if I'm having a bad day these days, I've learned that I have to take a knee. And and the people that are around me have, have taught me, Greg, you, you got to take a knee. If we have an event, uh, I've got my, one of my business partners, she'll tell me, okay, we have an event on Saturday. Guess what you're doing on Friday? Nothing. And so, because I know I have to be in that state, right? I know I have to be there. And some days I, you know, I kind of have these good days and bad days. Uh, if the weather's bad, it makes me have a bad day, the surgery, you know, and some of that stuff. But, but that's kind of how it came to be, you know, and then the coffee and the exchange that became a way, like I said, just to pay for my hotels. And now this year it's really started picking up because I realized that I couldn't keep writing checks personally. Uh, and that's kind of what I did last year for 12 months is we would have an event like, Hey, do we have enough money? Oh, we don't. Okay. No worry about it. I'll just, I'll just, we'll figure it out somehow mm-hmm. and figure it out, man. I was just going to write a check. And so we're at that point now it needs to be more financially sustainable. And my checkbook yeah. is not going to be able to sustain that as we continue to grow. So, <laughs> uh, it was fun. And, uh, you know, my wife said, you know, you not only went into that thing, but you know, you paid to do the job you did for those 12 months. You know, uh, I can prove it. My bank account can prove it. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for the world because I've learned so much. And, I, and I've got to meet, and I say, you know, like, I've got to meet Katie. i got to meet you. I've got to meet all these people through all these connections. And what you find out is people really have great hearts. And they only ever report the, the rough stuff that's on TV. But when you truly get out and you get to know people, uh, I just went to an event the other day. It was last Wednesday. And at Chapters Health here in the local area, they have this program called the Valor Program where they, they do hospice. And at the end of the career or at the, you know, the last when they're on the last watch and, and they're going through the hospice care, they have a valor program that recognizes veterans and first responders and stuff like that. And when oh, I started talking so to cool. one of the people that's a part, of, when I started talking to one of the people that was a part of that, like, she's like, you got to come over here. and We got it. And so I'm like, I'm in, you know, let's do this. And so her and I have been chatting back and forth. I'm going to help with, the uh, you know, along with their valor program. And that's kind of what it's all about for me is, is sometimes I get lost in uh, just. I, I'm just really concerned about the person that's at the end of it. So this revivalist, the coffee and the stuff that we're doing, you know, it's not about making money on the coffee, which is why I decided after I knew what I really learned more about revivalist is it's about what's on the end of that money. And that's the people that are going to get an opportunity that they wouldn't otherwise have. And I think that's what drives me every day is it's not, it's, it's kind of self, uh, not what it, at times it does get frustrating just because you feel like you don't have enough hours in the day, you know, to kind of get done all you want to do. And -hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way, especially as high paced as things are. But when you're dealing with something like this, that really can change the course of people's families, because if mom and dad's still around or if they're, you know, people tell me, Greg, you got to take care of yourself and then you take care of all those other folks, you know, 
uh, if people can do that and realize that taking care of yourself is the first step to really changing everything that's going on around you, uh, you know, that's just something that it took me so long to learn. And I almost didn't get the opportunity to. Uh, and uh, I, I really, I don't know, I, I wish I would, have, I would have done that earlier and listened to some smarter people than I am and, and taken that opportunity before I did. So when I tell that story, it's never fun. Uh, but I just hope that somebody out there hears it and they say, you know what, maybe I do need to reach out. It, 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 it sucks to tell the story. I mean, be perfectly honest. It's, it's not fun, but I waited too long. It wasn't too, too long, but I should have received help and I would have been in such a better shape, you know, for my family. Because what you realize when you're in those situations is after the brain surgery, I, I really, some thing, quite a few things changes as happen sometimes. And, and I kind of went into myself and I totally kind of missed my wife uh, and ki- my, my daughter's last year of high school because I, I don't remember it. Right. But the thing that happened uh, was I, I was trying so hard to take care of me then. So I like put everything like just like, you know, kind of like a military mission. I'm going to get healthy, whether, it, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and in doing that, I took the next step and, and instead of, I was doing it for my family. But also when I was getting healed, I realized that my family took on my persona and that persona was not to ask for help. And so in the time that I really was appreciative of everything they were doing for me, they weren't taking care of themselves because they thought we don't want anybody to see dad like this. We want them to see him in the way of my husband. We want him, them to see him in a way that he was chief victim. We want him to him to be seen and people not to look differently at him. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's hard to where if, maybe if I'd have been one that said, you know, I need that help. And I would have been more, you know, they would have said, okay, he won't mind. Let us reach out for help because we could really use it right now because we need some support. But they didn't. I mean, our closest friends, our family, still to this day, really, truly have no idea what that that first year after the surgery was like and, and some of that because it was such a, a close hold. It took it took almost a complete year, and it was surely by accident. We were out with some great friends at Disney World after my daughter graduated a year later. Uh, and I had a bad day, and they finally got to see it, and they looked at us and said, I never knew. We never knew. And uh, we all broke down. My fa- I was dizzy and spinning and sick and on the bed. But when they had the conversations, they were like, we never knew. Why didn't you guys tell us? And they said, we didn't want anybody thinking less of Greg. And so I appreciate that. But I also, wow. if yeah. I would have just been one, if I would have just been one to ask for help a little more, maybe they would have felt it was okay for them. So I messed it up on that side. Everybody that's out there right now, I'm telling yeah. you, if, if you got something and you need some help, it's it's the strongest thing you will ever do. It'll be the, sometimes in some cases the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's absolutely a, a character builder. It's something that shows character to others. And so I, I beg you reach out if you need it. Cause I didn't. And, and you know, it's uh yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's you kind know, of a story. And, that, and that's something we, we like to talk about the, you know, especially the ways that people can reach out. You know, there's that new 988 number, you know, that people can call, especially to reach out when you're in crisis. Um, but, but a lot of the locations and places and, you know, even calling Revitalist and just having them kind of forward you to, uh, you know, a more critical thing is always an opportunity for people to just be able to get help, the help they need as quickly as they can get it. Um, right. And, you know, what you're talking about, too, is kind of that caregivers um dilemma kind of the caregivers issue you know when um some you know, people don't realize the stress that it can put on even the caregiver um and so we we always say you know our military our first responders are you know uh 
our veterans, uh, police officers, firefighters, all these people that are out there that are providing services, you have to realize it's putting a lot of stress on you. Um, and and that those those stresses are just as important as the people that you're also taking care of, right? You know, and so being able to ask for help even in those ways, um, I know, you know, that even when it does affect your family, you know, how I grew up, my dad was actually in the military, he's in the Air Force. Um, he retired as a lieutenant colonel. He was in uh, Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, um, you know, and when he was over there and deployed and everything, um, you know, he he went through it and was in a similar way. You know, he had his struggles and everything and didn't really know how to ask or when to ask for help. And then kind of coming out of that transition process, you know, leaving the military was struggling to still kind of figure out how to ask for help, how to become, you know, get everything kind of into the VA system, all these hoops that you have to jump through and different things. Um, and that was one of the big reasons why myself and our research team kind of took on tackling um, those mission daybreak initiatives. I know you heard about those probably the, you know, mission daybreak was um, trying to get these innovative ideas to the VA on how they can tackle things to help reduce veteran suicide. Um, and, you know, what we tried to do is specifically focus on that transition process, make sure that people from the day they're leaving have the, that there are touches there, that we're not letting somebody get to where they aren't sleeping for two months before they call um, to try to get, you know, a crisis line or something like that, that we can catch that uh, much further ahead, you know, than we have been. And that's the biggest thing that I hear from veterans that, you know, we talk with is that, either, you know, they don't know where to go to ask for the help or, you know, when they do, like you said, um, my dad, when he went, you know, and had his kind of transition out, what they told him was, oh, yep, I hear that all the time. Not, you know, how can I help you? It's like, oh, no, that's what a lot of people are going through. It's like, okay, well, I still have a problem here. You know, I still have an issue. Um, and that's, that's something I know you kind of have a similar sentiment there. And so, you know, I wanted to share that too, but um, that's what we're trying to do here at Revitalist through things like Mission Daybreak and everything. Um, and then especially working with companies like yours, Greg, where we know you have a good heart, you know, and it's in the right place to, to help as many veterans as you can. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that, that, you know, and one of the things like the exchange side is we're, we're really coming around on this pretty quickly is, is the exchange side is what I realized is, you know, you do have that transition, right? There's the, you go to transition and it was tough for me. I went to a company that was about 85%, you know, military. So it still felt like I was in, I just wasn't wearing their uniform. You know, I was wearing a new uniform. Right. And so, but, but for me, when I really immersed myself into this world uh, for the nonprofit and stuff, I realized that, you know, even me, I'll have these retreats and then what's, what's next, you know what I mean? Or I go and, and I do these events or I go and I do this, whatever the case may be, this modality, well, what's next? Well, one of the things that the exchange is doing is we're building a network uh, similar to, uh, and I'm going to give, I guess, Angie's list some some props here, but kind of like what they do for, you know, the homes and stuff is we're building this huge network so we can piece it all together. So what we're hoping and going to get there is, uh, is that when people come out of uh, like Revitalist and they've gone through the complete sequence, they come out of my retreats or they come out of whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, well, we have this ability to be able to connect them with what's next, you know, and so now they're part of this greater community. So it's connect our, our three pillars of connect, support, sustain. And we figure connection is that first interaction, the coffee, sit down. That's kind of where that came from because, right, you sit down. 
coffee or caramels, as long as you connect, that's what really matters because the support and sustain don't happen without that initial engagement, right? And then when you try to reach those folks that may or may not, you know, be behind those closed doors or at that moment, the larger network that you have and people can go and do it face to face, kind of even what we're doing now, you know, uh, it, it has a potential to reach out to folks. And so what I want to be able to do is provide the continuing care, not aftercare, but the continuing care. To where I know that that my organization can't provide everything. I know that there's all these different modalities. I know that there's all these different things that people can take advantage of. The ketamine, you know, the like I said, the talk therapy and all this stuff. And everything, you know, there's people that are comfortable with one thing and not another. My ultimate goal is to make them have the healthiest, best life that they can possibly have. And when you have this many options available to you and you can reach out and I can connect all of those. I mean, I got an organization that's out in Melbourne, Florida. You may be familiar with them. I got your six foundation, right? And mm-hmm. I jokingly always say, those guys do some really cool stuff. Like they jump out of airplanes and wrestle alligators, right? That's kind of part of their mission, adventure therapy, <laughs> right? And people love mm-hmm. it. And I love even saying it when I'm on these kind of things. But those guys, I've become, I've become great friends with their founder, Andy, and we're going to do some projects and stuff together. But that's kind of what oh, I'm talking so about cool. is that interconnection. Interconnection, because when you get to, you know, you may have, I, you know, you may get a bunch of places that, that work with the service dogs, but one may provide the leashes, one provides this. And one. I want to connect all those folks up and have service sectors. So when someone needs a dog, they get everything from the appointment that it takes to be able to start the process to the backside training to get it in the house and then have that person help. And that's what we're building on the exchange side is a network of interconnected businesses that just want to provide assistance and help that goes directly to the nonprofits uh, that are helping and even service sectors. Like I said, for me, it doesn't, Oh, I can still hear you. You good? So yeah, it. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> cut out on you for a second. Yeah, it just kind of blinked out. My, uh, I think my phone <laughs> rang. I should have turned it off. It rang and cut me off on this. But you know, that's what I'm trying to do is connect all of those folks in, right? Just connect them where they're all ready to rock and roll. And uh, that's where I'm at with Revivalist. You know, as I see this with the team from the first time I met them, I, I, I think I reached out and said, "Hey, let's have this meeting." And I didn't know what to expect, you know, and and. Uh, and there's a whole, like your whole team was there. Like I showed up, I think it was just me, maybe one other person. There was like this whole team and I'm like, oh man, what have I got myself into? But then what that did for me though, is it let me know how serious you were about it. You know what I mean? And how serious Revilus was about taking care of people. And then, you know, I get to talk to some people, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, Hopkins, Dr. Uh, Hopkins, Chadwick, Denise. Yeah, uh, Denise, talking, yeah, yeah. Talk, talking, to, talking to all these people. Every time I talk to them, they've got this spirit about them that just says, you know, I'm here you know, put me to work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that was like, man, I, this is where I need to be. You know, I, anything I can do to help, let's figure it out. And so I'm hoping, you know, this is just the beginning of that great relationship. And for years to come, you know, we, we just start making stuff happen. I just got to meet Matt uh, Dolan down here the other day. Uh, he's from, oh, uh, cool. he's from St. Pete. One of yeah, he's in like so the Tampa area, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's down there in St. Pete. And I work with a guy over there that does the uh, salt, uh, St. Pete salt works. I work with them. They're wanting to bring some veterans in uh, to do the uh, floats, mm. which I'm going to do one on Wednesday. So I have a lot to report because I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Sen- That's cool. Sensory deprivation where you're like floating kind of like in the dead sea. Oh, the float uh, tank things. Yeah, yeah. Actually right near. So I live in Jacksonville, Florida. So, you know, not, yeah. not too far away from you but um there's a there's one of those just up the road from where i just moved and i've always wanted to try that never never done it yet but i've heard amazing things it's supposed to be pretty uh pretty trippy if you can really let yourself go you know 
So I'm wondering how it's going to go because, like I said, with the balancing, I'm thinking when I'm there, how's my body going to respond? Like, am I going to – because it doesn't take a whole lot sometimes. Like, I turn the wrong way, and all of a sudden I'm down for a couple hours and feel nauseous. So I'm excited to do it, but I'm also scared to death. But I'm like, man, if this thing – like I said, I like put myself – I put myself in those situations before I'll let somebody else do it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to recommend – you know, well, I mean, if if I'm going to recommend someone, hey, let me really do a stuff float therapy. I'm I'm not going to be like, well, I won't do it. You know what I mean? I'm going to try yeah. it because honestly, uh, on Friday, on Wednesday, I'm doing a, a neurofeedback down here locally. Why? Uh, uh, I'm going to go through that, and then after that, then I'm going to go do the float therapy, uh, and then we're going to go from there because I've still got some stuff to work on with mine, and my team down mm-hmm. here is really you know helping me out. And uh, trying to get me, like I said, as healthy as I can. When we had the event on April 30th, I'm going to tell you this because I think it's kind of funny. We, mm-hmm. we showed up. We had an event on April 30th. And it's part of the exchange. And a bunch of different organizations were there, right? And and there's this lady came up. And she, like, was really hanging out by me. And 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 so I jokingly, I was like, oh, y'all brought her in to be my handler, right? To be, to be my handler. And But then she ended up being, like, everywhere I was at, she was there. And I said, mm. oh, they were serious. You are my hand. She goes, yeah, I need to make sure you get some food and make sure you don't get out of here because I'll get excited. If you can't tell, you know, that, I, I just, I love what I do. And so I'll get so excited that I'll just wear myself out. And all of a sudden I'm out there doing things that I know better than doing. And then I'm sitting in a cool room the rest of the day and all the people that I should be meeting and connecting with, they're out there having a great time and I'm, I'm feeling a little mm-hmm. nauseous, but, but she was there and I thought it was so funny. I'm like, you are literally my handler. I'm like, it's gotten to the point. I have a handler. You know, it was almost like this. Badge of it was <laughs> Never like thought it would have gotten to here. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, man, man, I got a babysitter. Handler sounded so much better, but they brought in a babysitter to take care of me. But that day That's ended great. up being really cool. We made a lot of connections and, and really it, it started the springboard. That was our first kind of like proof of concept of this mm-hmm. small tactical unit to where we do the exchange events. And it went extremely well from a standpoint of we all got a chance to truly know each other really, really well. We didn't quite have the turnout we wanted because we had some competing events. But the people that were there were the ones that had supported me. And been, Michelle Ladd and her Hero Mobile, that big 40-foot-long uh, uh, trailer, she was there. She drags it around the country and, and goes and helps bets. I Got Your Six was there, Liberty OBE. I mean, there was just a lot of organizations out there that showed up. Uh, the uh, uh, Veterans for Worship, they were there. So it's just – and then uh, Florida Association of Veteran-Owned Businesses, who I'm a, I'm a part of that – and they were there. So a lot of folks just came out. And that's what I felt was just the love of people that really had this like-minded concept. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt with Revivalist, too, is when I started, the more people I met, because it's like <clears throat> when you go into a hospital and and I'll sit there sometimes and I'll just listen. And sometimes you go into a hospital and it feels like, you know, they're having a party in the back. Right. And then sometimes mm-hmm. you go into a hospital, no matter which section you're in, it just really feels like everybody's grumpy and everybody's not. And so it's, it's just such a cool thing. I know when I was doing my, you know, doing one of my other surgeries, unfortunately I had more than one when I was doing it, I, I was sitting there with my wife that morning. And I said, listen, and everybody came in, had this smile and this big, you know, they had this, this attitude of hey, let's make this fun. They were joking, cracking jokes, which I really appreciated. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's just so amazing. So if we can bring that, that type of environment out with folks and happy where they're able to enjoy it, man, why would you not do that? You know what I mean? And that's why I love all these connections, because everybody has the way they interact with people uh, and everybody has a way that they really want to help. And to figure that out and to figure out how to connect and combine and all these things with these different organizations that are out there. Like I came. So I came to Jacksonville uh, with the Wounded Warrior Program. Right. So the Wounded Warrior Project. Yeah. The headquarters is out here. Yeah. Yeah. They invited me up and I came up and, and I went to Brooks Rehab. 
and I did mm-hmm. uh, the wheelchair, uh, wheelchair uh, rugby, and that was that oh, was like okay. the cool. And that honestly, that jump started me on to me wanting to do more, as in getting more physically fit, because mm-hmm. I got to roll this wheelchair, and I thought I was flying. I ain't lying. I, I thought, man, I'm like the fastest. I'm like a, I like, I thought I was just moving, right? And so mm-hmm. I would crash into people, and we were having a good day. And then the news mm-hmm. came on, and they had taken a video. And my flying, my my ego was crushed. <laughs> because in the background, I see everybody zipping around. I see me, I'm like, it was like, I need to lube up, you know, the wheels, because mine obviously wasn't going quite oh as quickly as everybody gosh. else's. So I looked like this, like I was in slow-mo in the back, and all these other people were zipping around me, you know. But what it did for me is I went as hard as I could go for an hour, and it's the first time that I had done that since surgery, where I'd really worked out to where I had this good mm-hmm. sweat going. And, and I didn't get nauseous. Nothing happened. I got to run into some people. So a little bit physical mm-hmm. after it was over, I had a sense of reality because when I got out of the wheelchair and I was no longer connected to the ground, then mm-hmm. I got nauseous and I ended up actually, I was out for about a day and a half, but I told them, mm-hmm. I said, don't worry about that. That was such a huge success for me because I was able to go as hard as I could, maybe not as hard as I used to, but as hard as I can and hard as I could then. And, and that was a turning point. And now I'm like, Sign me up. Let me go run into some people with a, you know, with a cage around me. That was awesome. So I think sometimes, so and great. what I get at is in these different types of things that all these different nonprofits do, whether it's providing a service, therapy, counseling, jumping out of airplanes, you know, sailing trips, which we take people on or work in conjunction with Ghost Ship to do. Uh, that's something that it all it does is maybe that one time and you connect with that right person. And if we do the job that we're supposed to be doing, we'll never know the results other than the fact that that mm. number 22 or 28 may go down. So realistically, if I do everything right and we really get this needle moving the way it's supposed to, we're going to, you know, we're, I'm going to put myself out of a job and I would love it. I'd find something else. I'd go ride horses for a living or something. Exactly. You know? That's, oh man, that's, that hits it right there. You know, uh, th- this is a job that all of us want it to be over, but right. you know, we're going to fight tooth and nail until it is not a problem anymore. That's right. Um, you know, and that, that was a, about here in Jacksonville, you know, I became part of the Veteran Community Council, you know, the local Veteran Community Council here in Jacksonville, just to, um, you know, start building on those resources, make sure that our clinic was able to provide those resources or get people linked up that were vets with uh, local community resources. And I couldn't even explain the outpouring of support. Uh, You know, the second I showed up at that meeting, everybody there wanted to know, you know, what I did, who I was, what was going on. But then at the same time, there was a lady there who would do your taxes for you if you were a veteran for free. You know, she, it was, it was all these resources that I was like, this is a thing, you know, this is out here. Um, and I mean, just that outpouring of support. And you see that each time you go to any of these kind of meetings, everybody's there willing and ready to, to bring what they can to the table. It's just about making sure that you're connecting. And that's what I like hearing from you, Greg, is that you're, you know, you're building that, you know, Angie's list or, you know, how you put it, um, of, of those connections because they're huge. There's so many people locally that want to make change um, and they don't know how to become a part of it. I can't tell you how many people I heard that were like, hey, could you help me write a mission daybreak, you know, briefing thing because I want my business to take advantage of helping, you know, in this sector. Um, but it's it's about connecting those people with the right resources to get that across the line. And I think you're doing a great job of that. That's awesome. That's so cool to hear. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's something that kind of becomes a labor of love, you know, it, it's because you know, I, I, for me, it's, it's very personal, like it is with a lot of folks, but you know, I was in a position I didn't want to be in and, 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 you know, uh, I was able to, to come through it. And then the other part of it is 
you know, when, when I started looking and, and, and I knew that, you know, when things kind of went sideways and I told you there in January, I started reaching out to, I'm a wounded warrior. So Air Force wounded warrior, uh, I'm a wounded warrior ambassador as well as I help other airmen when they're recovering. And when I reached out to the wounded warrior program, I said, hey, look, I really think I'm going to be moving on and I need to figure out, I want to start this on, I want to start my new business and I need it. Well, they connected me in with an entrepreneur program, the NYU Veterans Future Lab. And from there, it's kind of spawned. And so it was literally from the resources that were readily available uh, that I reached out to. And they started connecting the dots, you know. And so just recently, Alexa Madero, who is the director at NYU Veteran Future Lab, I sent her my pitch deck uh, this weekend as I was going through another class in St. Mary's down in San Antonio, uh, the, the college down there to try to learn more, always trying to learn. And she sent it back to me and said, hey, here's what I would work on. And so that, like you said, that community, it's it it blows me away every time. And, it, and I, I don't ever want to just expect it, you know, but every mm-hmm. single time that I reach out and say, hey, can somebody help me? It's it's almost when I started doing the camaraderie, you know, rescue mission, and I wanted to start it. It was tough because everybody I reached out to said I'm in, you know what I mean? And and I started and then I, I started second guessing myself. I said, are they in? Because I'm asking or and are they expecting this is kind mm. of where that, you know, that transition. Are they in because they knew right. the guy that I was before that surgery? Do they actually know what they're getting into now? Maybe with my some my mood <laughs> swings and some of that stuff that I have, you know. I got medication. It doesn't always work. Uh, but it's mm. but it's one of those things like everybody said yes. And that then I was in a dilemma of, well, now who do I like? I want to bring them all here. Right. And I had mm. so many that said yes that I had to go back to them and say, you know what? We're not quite that big yet. We're not really ready. We can't use an ambassador in 50 states just yet because I don't even know how to fill out my 990 form. You know what I mean, so it's right, one of those right. things to where where I just I had these great ideas and, and being in that military mindset, it's like, let's take over the world. And uh, mm-hmm. now I've got this amazing team that we're going back and, and they're cleaning up some of my mess. I'm not afraid to admit it. Right. You know, I, I was running with scissors. Sometimes I still do, you know, you know, not mm-hmm. supposed to do that, obviously. Right. But you just see people that you're like, man, I just want to do what I can. And I want to help the best I can and do it within the best of my abilities. And when I see that, it just drives me as hard, you know, and, and, it, and there's so many other people that are the same way. And I figure if you've got 10 people that are kind of pulling a rope and, and they're all kind of pulling these directions, if we can ever get them to where they're like this, and then we right. take all that and we start. And that's what we're doing on the exchange side is kind of getting where we're coming together. And that includes revitals. That includes, I got your say, all of these people that I just want to make sure that there's this one hub that we can say, man, suicide action, because it's no longer prevention, right? We're at action stage. We went way past awareness Mm -hmm. and prevention a long time ago. We're at action. If we can get all these organizations that do it to point that same direction and start lobbying Congress and start doing all the things, 988's great. You know, but if somebody calls, I said this to my staff after 988, what happens? You know, Mm -hmm. we're what happens. Comrade exchange, that's what happens. Is they call 988, they haven't quite got it. They come to us and then we figure out what part of the country they're in, find an organization, and then we attach them to that and and allow people to keep growing and get better. But in order to do that, we got to sell some coffee, right? We got to sell some coffee to be able to get folks in the revival. So where can where can the people yeah. go? What's the what's the website to buy the coffee? Just so that people listening right now got nowhere to nowhere to head to. Yeah. So if you go to Camaraderie Coffee Club, and I'm going to spell it. took me about a year to learn how to spell camaraderie. So C-A- And don't worry, we'll put it in the description for the podcast, too. So I got worried about it because I was like, man, like, so it's, we have our own, our website for the, for Camaraderie Rescue Mission is TCRMI. And so 
There but for camaraderie, camaraderie rescue mission, you still gotta you still gotta spell it out. So C A M A R A D E R I E rescue or uh, coffee club, and they go there and they have an option. So right now, what the only option that's available is the is the unit initiative, uh, mainly because I'm not smart enough to add both different places that I have the multiple lines of coffee in. <laughs> so I tell on myself, right? I'm pretty I'm pretty transparent guy. Uh, oh, maybe gosh. by the time the folks are maybe by the time the folks go here, they'll have a chance to get the Brother Bourbon and Midnight Chat and and Warrior Wake along with the Unit Initiative. Um, but like I said, on the Unit Initiative, every dime that people spend, every single penny that people spend uh, on that, uh, the net net profits goes exact goes 100 percent toward uh, toward so cool. Whether it's going to be whether it's going to be the Community Change Foundation donation or if it's just uh, to go ahead and put it back in stock because I want. I want to see this thing succeed, and I want to show my hand. I want to, you know, tell you, look, here it is. I'll open the books. You can take a look, uh, because when we're when people are making a change, that's that's what we care about. And uh, I just love the heart that Revilus has brought to the table, and the people that I've met. It's it's been fun. And I tell people all the time when I'm on the phone, and I'm having. I say, you know, I I deal with people. I don't deal with companies. Mm. You know, I deal with I don't I deal with people. I don't deal with organizations. If the people in your organization reflect what I want to deal with as a person then we're going to work together. If your company doesn't reflect the way that I want to work with people as a, as a person, then uh, I may support you in some fit form or fashion. I may, if you've got a service to provide and I know that you can provide it, nobody else can, maybe I'll send them there. But in order for us to truly be connected and for me to represent you and for me to be that person that says, look, I'm going to send you to this place because I know they're going to treat you right. It's the people that makes that happen. And it's not the company or the organization. It's the people. You can have the best product ever. I may make an exception for that. But um, if you're if you're not if you're not having the staff and the people uh, and the attitude in which that has that welcoming, warm come in attitude, I'm mm-hmm. not going to send people your way. And that's yeah, that's yeah. And that's exactly you know, that's what even got me here to revitalist, you know, dealing, you know, meeting Katie, meeting the team. Um, you know, joining up in that way. But then they gave me this opportunity, which is amazing to do this podcasting and things like that. And all the people that they bring along, including yourself, including everybody else I've met through this opportunity have been just as amazing. You know, so it's the same kind of way. It's like, I have the easiest job in the world. I get to talk to great people doing great things all the time. It's like, who wouldn't want to do that? Um, And this has just been another one. So I, Greg, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, Do you have any closing notes or anything like that that you want to get out there? Yeah. You know, I would just like to go back and I always get to do this. And my wife allows me to have fun. And she always took care of me a lot during the military. and, And literally she made it too easy on me. If there was a deployment, I would just call her and say, I'm going. Uh, and she was like, all right, cool. You know, it was really that way. It was just that easy. <laughs> and, uh, and this is kind of how this thing has been. And so my wife and family, I got a new grandson. My daughter's doing well. She's back out of the hospital. My other daughter's over in Orlando doing some really cool stuff. And, and I just want to say thanks to them, my wife, Nikki, my daughter, Riley and Carmen, both of those. And then of course the new grandson, Rory, uh, but my family in general and my friends, because I'll tell you what happened. Is when I was, uh, they locked me down, my staff locked me down for like an 11 hour meeting one day, which if you can mm-hmm. see, like, this is me, like with not a lot of coffee in me, right? So I was in this <laughs> meeting and, and they said, they, they said, just, I had this board, it was a big old whiteboard and I started writing my, my uh, project manager started writing all the people that I was connected with. And when I got done the board, he started having to write in between and sideways and stuff to put all these people that had supported what we've been doing and, and me specifically through some of those tough times. And it blew me away. And so if you're listening to this podcast or even now you guys with Revivalist of how we've connected and that kind of stuff, 
you know, take the time to say thanks, you know, and if folks out there, if they need help, don't be afraid to ask us again. I'll go back to what I said. It's the strongest thing you can ever do. Uh, I love this community. I love where we're going and I'm so proud to be a part of it. But you know what? Uh, if you need help, ask for it because my family didn't. And it was because that I didn't set that stage. I'm never going to do that again. And so I love this. I love this group. Uh, I think I, I uh, you had sent a sheet and said, what's your favorite word? I think it's love. I was on a podcast when I, they said, what's your three, what's your three things? And I, I was kind of stumped because I forgot that they had written it. And I think I went with love, love and love. And so now they give me a hard time all the, you know, like what are the, <laughs> your three words. Are, and I was like, and so they give me, and it was my staff. They're actually my co-chairs now that was on that one. But yeah, take care of yourself, but take care of your families and make sure that, uh, you know, when you're out there doing it, uh, it's the strongest thing you can do. So uh, my family, I love you. My friends, I love you. And uh, Revilus. I love you guys, man. We're going to do some really cool stuff, and I can't wait to see where this goes.